Events for Breakfast, your go-to guide for advice, top tips, and events industry insights. My podcast is delivered in bite-sized chunks to help you digest information and expand your expertise. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Kelly Frew and I am your podcast host. And gosh, it has been such a long time since we spoke. I really hope you're doing well. And if you're new to the podcast, then welcome. And if you are a regular, it is lovely, lovely to have you back. And I'm going to start by apologising because I actually took a little bit of a longer break than I anticipated from season four. And it was just needed, if I'm honest. Life just got in the way a bit. Events got really busy. My work got busy. Life got busy. But we're back two months on and I'm so excited for season five. If you're new to the podcast, then what we do is we look at different areas of the events industry and we we take it to bits a little bit. We dig a little bit deeper. We get guests on and experts on from across the events industry and the globe. And we just learn a little bit together. And I've had some wonderful guests and this season is no exception. I have got so much planned for you guys. Starting we're going to go all the way across to Canada, okay? And we're going to be talking all about business-to-business marketing events and the strategy around business-to-business events and why it is such a good marketing tool. So last week, I had the pleasure of interviewing Shenandoah Nicholson, and she is an event planner extraordinaire, like I said, based in Toronto, Canada. She has over a decade of experience working in business-to-business event marketing in industries including technology, human resources, and insurance. Now she is also her own podcast host too for the Beyond the BEO podcast. And I tell you what, I just can't wait to meet her and let you guys meet her too. So without further ado, let's go and say hello. Shenandoah, it is a pleasure to have you on the podcast this week. And I'm just going to make a very big note there to say it's it's episode one of season five. So thank you for being my first guest of this season. Welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, it's great to have you all the way from across the pond. And I'm sure we'll come on to that a little bit later. But first of all, just so the listeners get to know you a little bit, can you tell us a bit about yourselves and how you got involved in events, please? Sure. So uh, my name is Shenandoah Nicholson. I live outside Toronto, Ontario, and I've been planning uh, events uh, for marketing for about ooh, 12 years now. Um, and yeah, I got started in really in high school. I fell in love with events at planning prom and I first thought, oh, I'm going to plan weddings and then realized this whole world of corporate events and yeah. realized that was more of my speed. So yeah, I've been loving it. Anything from small events, really large conferences. And I love, I love different things about all of those things. I know. And the, the good thing about events is it's so, so varied, isn't it? It really is. And I'm sure we'll come on to different aspects of events and the types of events very, very shortly. But, you know, being an, an events professional, I know why it gets me out of bed in the morning. I know what drives me and motivates me. But what is it about events that wakes you up in the morning, makes you jump out of bed and go, yes, we've got another day? Yeah. And sometimes those mornings are very early. So <laughs> you need something to get you out of bed, especially when it's cold and dark in Toronto. 
Uh, for me, it's the energy. There is nothing that is unmatched to having a room full of people and the excitement and the buzz that happens in a room that you just cannot get in any other setting. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. There's something about the sounds and the, you know, the visuals and, and the whole, you know, kind of five senses experience that that's really what gets me up in the morning, especially on those cold, dark days. Absolutely. And I have to say, I mean, I'm in the UK and um, you're obviously in Canada. We get the cold, but you get it bad. <laughs> you absolutely yeah, get. we're just starting to come out of the 55 centimeters of snow we had a couple of weeks ago. So wow. <laughs> I'm starting to see my car again. It's good. <laughs> I mean, that is crazy. I mean, you handle it a lot better than us. We get a centimeter of snow and we, every, the, we go into panic. So yeah, yeah. you definitely have handle it better than us um great okay so I mean while we're here today when you came up with this wonderful topic which um I, I know you're a bit of an expert in and that's around business to business events and you know why why do businesses use them as a marketing tool and um and the stra- having a marketing strategy around business to business events now some of my listeners are quite young they might just be coming out of university or starting university and they might be thinking what on earth is a business to business event so I thought we'd start first and foremost is just can you explain to everyone what that means For sure. For sure. So I think probably the most obvious or ones that people are probably most familiar with are large trade shows um, and conferences. So that can be multiple vendors coming together to promote their services to uh, individuals at businesses. Uh, But it can really vary. It can be small events to, you know, small, less than a dozen people, intimate dinners or lunches and and everything in between. And so really the business to business marketing is anyone who's selling a product into another business. And so using events is a great way for those uh, professionals to market to other professionals. That's a really nice, succinct way of looking at it. Actually, I just made a quick note there about that because you're absolutely right. And um, it is, they're either, they've either got a product that they want to sell or it might be a service of some sort. And that crosses, that spans all sorts of different organizations, doesn't it? It's not just always the corporate world that pick up on business to business events. It could be charities. There's also an, an, an um, organizations and associations and things. So it works across a span of different um, sectors, really, doesn't it? For sure, for sure. I know my experience has mostly been in technology. So uh, working for a variety of software companies, selling to large organizations, some small organizations, um, also some time in insurance. But you're right, you know, sometimes that means partnering with a charity or a charity kind of focuses in on working at an event. So really, it's any time that you're selling to someone through their, their business role is is really how I would classify a B2B marketing event. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a really interesting conversation to have around the strategy around why we might do this. So as a business, um, as a business owner or as an events professional or a marketeer, why would you choose to do those business to business events? What is, you know, what makes them so successful in terms of a marketing tool? Sure. So I think I, there's a few reasons that they can be really successful. I think particularly in my experience in software and things that aren't sold in one day, right? Software is not, you know, you don't pull it up online and and buy it usually, particularly if you're buying for a team, they're really complex sales cycles. So from the research to, you know, figuring out, will it work for this company and to selling it, to getting it implemented, it's a long process. And so events really allow for 
um, account managers and other sales professionals to meet their target audience. It allows them to uh, really kind of make themselves the expert in the industry. So education is usually very big in B2B business events. It's a way to show here's how we can help you. Here's how we've helped clients in the past. It's also a great way for industries to come together at these types of events. So, um, you know, usually when we're planning a B2B event, we're bringing together people who are doing similar jobs. And so it's a way for them to also network within their their industry. And so really it's about the, those connections. Um, you know, some things, of course, you can do it on Zoom or have it virtually, but really meeting in person and, and bringing people together to have conversations about problems that they're trying to solve within their business or ways that they can grow faster. Um, those can all be done through events. Agree. And if you think about it as a um, as a consumer, let's let's just leave the businesses to the side a minute and we'll come back onto business to business. But as a consumer, if you are buying something and you can touch it, you can feel it, you can be trained in it, you can be educated in it in a more personal way, you are more you are more susceptible to buy, be buying that product or service, isn't it? So I think it comes it's the same for a business to business setup. If you've got bringing businesses together, if you are spending lots of time with them and investing on that training education wowing them as well taking the opportunity to to dazzle the um the businesses too letting them know what the return on investment will be and, and yes it is an investment for the business as well but it is it is an enticing opportunity isn't it for sure and i think it it, it really builds trust within the organizations and among the customers um, like you said you want to be able to touch it feel it see how it really works um, you're more likely probably to use it if you know how to use it well, because um, that can be a big challenge when you're implementing new products or softwares into a larger organization is convincing everyone like, no, this is the better way to do it. So how do you kind of get those people on board? And you're right. It's it's about, you know, knowing that the the account managers or whoever is there, the, the technical support is there to help you because it, it probably is going to be a journey. And so building that relationship, which is really what events is all about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when it comes to really complicated products where it's not just, oh, I'm buying a pen, for example, where it is, it's got lots of nuts and bolts on it and you have to really dig deep and that's the time that you can invest and you can take that time and you can be taken on a journey as a business. So as a business sure. business. Um, oh, is there any other benefits as well? So what are the other benefits around um, for the company that's arranging those business to business events and also the person or the business on the other side for them coming to the events? What are the major benefits? We've touched on some already I, I know that for sure for sure but there's I mean there's there's lots like for the organizations building it it really is a great way to kind of get on the ground it's also a really great way in an informal setting sometimes to learn about issues that customers might be having or learn about some of the issues that prospects might be concerned about so people you know kind of let their guard down when they're networking or they're in a less formal situation um, you know kind of the in between se the sessions um, that they might not be willing to say on a, a large you know group meeting or or just you know kind of hearing that buzz so it really allows them to make that connection but also learn like okay maybe we need to be positioning this better or maybe we need to explain this feature better or maybe there's something a new feature that needs to be added to the product and then for the customers going, it's really a great opportunity to either expand their skills. Um, you know, if you go to a large conference, um, for example, I know Salesforce 
uh, the CRM that, you know, is kind of the biggest name in the game. They do a great uh, conference every year and they take it on the road. And so they go to different locations and it's really about learning how to use the product better, which as an attendee, if I can take that back to my organization and say, hey, I can save us time, money, headache, stress, (laughs) whatever it is, because I learned it at this event. Well, all of a sudden I'm going to be, you know, uh, looked on as the this rock star. Oh, you can fix this problem that we've been having, or you learned how we can do this. It's really an educational opportunity. And again, sometimes that comes from the formal sessions, and sometimes that comes from the informal conversations you're having, you know, with other guests. And you know, they say, "Oh, we're we just did that, or we're trying to do that," and it's a great way to kind of collaborate on those those issues. And that's so you've really picked on something there that I've just flagged up and um, and just put a little star by it because I feel it's a really good point is the fact that the company can actually learn and get that feedback too. So if the product needs tweaking, it needs developing in another way. If they're um, if the buyers have got things that they want that the product's not serving yet, then they can look at those and they can invest in those. So it works both ways. It is absolutely a two way conversation these business to business events, which I think is wonderful. I also think it's worth touching on. um, Sometimes it's not just around products, is it? So a business to business event might be an awards evening that's arranged mm-hmm. by a certain company and, and it's all business to business sort of marketing and events that's done so it's it, it is obviously products and launches and things like that are really important but there are other arms to our business to business events as mm-hmm. well yeah I think that's a great point um you know award ceremonies uh can be a great way to really show commitment to an industry uh yeah. so if you're a b2b um provider of any service or product and there's an industry kind of awards ceremony by sponsoring that event participating in that event it really shows you know we're we're here we're committed to this industry and we we want to support the people and the champions within those industries that um that we're aligned with so I think you're right it's not always the product or uh, the services that we're talking about it's just sometimes that visibility of you know, we are an industry leader and we are supporting the industry through these awards events or other recognition um, within within whatever industry it can be. And that can be for any industry. It's really, that's not something that's, you know, kind of narrowed down to software. Like every industry really has that kind of award or recognition program that, you know, companies can use to bolster their, their brand. Absolutely, 100%. It's a great brand awareness piece, isn't it? So if you were a business or a business owner that was um, thinking, you know, um, it would be great to think about business to business events as a marketing tool and wanting to start to build that marketing strategy. What things do they need to consider and understand if it's relevant for them to put on a business event, for example? For sure. I think um, event purpose is so critical. I think It's something that I keep hearing more and more about and just more emphasized, not that it's obviously not a new uh, kind of idea, but just the emphasis of why are we doing this event? Um, you know, it, it's easy to kind of see a competitor or someone else do an event and think, oh, well, I need to do that. But does it align with what your purpose is? Is it really going to drive sales? Is it going to get you in front of prospects? Is it going to build your brand within the industry? Um, so I think really understanding what the event purpose is, not just having an event to have an event. Yeah. Um, I think that's really kind of the biggest one about, you know, what what should we be considering? That's really where you should start and then work your way from there and, and what to do and how you want to do it. Uh, once you've decided this is why we're doing it, start yeah. with the why and then figure the rest out afterwards. 
Yeah, absolutely. Start with a why. Superb. That's a really nice way to put it as well. And I think you're right. It's all around the goals and objectives, isn't it? What are you trying to achieve out of this? And it's just having a sense check to go out of all the different marketing tools and um, campaign options that we've got. Is the live event or a virtual event, whichever way you run, you want to do it, is that event the right purpose? Is it going to fulfill the objective um, for why we need to do this? So, yeah, that's a really good way to look at it. Are there any no-goes? So you, you're obviously an expert in this area now. So, you know, again, if I'm a business owner or an event planner or a marketeer and they're thinking, right, OK, we've got this marketing strategy around business to business events. How, using your experience, are there any no-goes there that a business owner should consider? Sure. I think, you know, one no-go is like I touched on the don't host an event just to host an event yeah. because you've seen someone else do the event. But also I think knowing your audience and knowing you know, who can come to these types of events, how you're positioning them. I know um, for some industries, you know, there's not a lot of budget for travel or for spending a lot of money on really expensive user conference tickets. And so I would say a no-go is, you know, building an event that doesn't fit your audience. So maybe it's that you do smaller events, um, but do more of them in, in different cities. That's one strategy that um, organizations I've worked for in the past have done. And so instead of trying to convince companies to spend money to send their people to us, we would go to them and host just smaller, more intimate events. So I think, you know, understanding what the purpose of the event is and will it fit your demographic? Because I think it's easy to think, well, if they're businesses, they're there's no personas there, but there, there still is. And you still need to know what type of audience you're dealing with when you're selling into these organizations. You know, the, the end user is probably going to have a different expectation of an event than uh, the CEO of the organization. And, and the types of events that those two people would go to are probably very different. Yeah, absolutely. And that's right. It's where the research comes in, isn't it? To really understand and dig deep on the demographic. Completely agree. And I think even more so now as well, with everything that the world's gone through in the past two years, it's really understanding why we bring, if we're doing an in-person event, why are we bringing everybody together? Are we going to make them travel 400 miles to get here? Or can we do smaller localized events for different states or regions and, and do it that way? So it is understanding your audience and their expectations completely. For now sure. th that comes on really nicely actually to current trends because um obviously we're in a very different world aren't we as to where we were two years ago so you know with your experience around business the business events and events in general now are there any successful trends current trends that you're seeing that are working really nicely for business to business events at the moment yeah I think I think one they're starting to come back I Yay. think that's uh, kind of <laughs> right <laughs> the happy dance uh, that people can't yeah. see us doing right now um but I think they're coming back and I think there's an understanding that they were necessary um yeah. you know I think before it was easy to look at a line item on a budget you know someone in finance is like why are we spending all this money on travel and you know conference passes maybe or whatever the case is um, but now I think companies are realizing, yes, there's lots you can do virtually yeah. and there's lots that you can do over zoom and there's some great collaboration tools, but there are just some things that you cannot, and we should try to stop pretending that we can. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that's kind of one of the trends that I'm seeing in the events that I've been a part of recently is kind of knowing the limitations of virtual events and, and not trying to make them identical to in-person events and just you know, understanding they are their own thing and we need to address them separately. So the way that we even market them is different. We don't need as much lead time. People don't 
people don't want to hear about a virtual event that's happening in two to three months. If they were going somewhere and had to, you know, plan travel and ask for expenses, that's a different story. But if you're going, you know, for a couple hours online, probably tell me two weeks before so I can add to my calendar. Right. So I think, and so much content is available after the fact. So we're seeing, you know, we used to think, oh, well, if we record our webinars, no one will come to the webinars and no one will really watch it afterwards. But we're actually seeing that, that that's not really true, that people are registering. They might not be attending so much in person. The attrition's actually about the same as it was before COVID, but more people are watching it afterwards. And yeah. I don't know what that, that trend is, but maybe it's just because they have the flexibility. Maybe it's because, oh, well, I now, you know, I start work earlier and so I can throw it on while I'm uh, getting my day started before too many people come at me with too many questions. Um, and yeah, so I, and I think like, like I said, one of the trends is they're, they're coming back. You know, I think there was a worry, um, you know, early March, 2020, I think we all thought it was going to be very temporary. Yeah. I think, you know, if you had to said, we'd be having this conversation now, we would have been like, that's crazy. Like we were, <laughs> we were still planning things in the fall, right? Like we were just pushing things out like, oh, it's going to be a really crazy fall 2020. Like, well, joke's on us. But I think that, and then I think there was kind of this period in between where people thought, well, we won't need to go back to in-person events. Look, we can do it all here and we can do the same things. And, you know, we're not going to spend money on the travel and all of that stuff. And now I think they're starting to see that it's really about the balance, right? It's more about balancing the in-person with the virtual and the hybrid. And maybe you don't meet as often, but you're still meeting because it, it the, the human connection, we're not, we're not meant to know people only from the shoulders. Up, no. right? <laughs> Absolutely. You've touched on some really lovely points there. And it is about balance, isn't it? It's about why would I, why, why am I taking a half a day, a day out of my um, five day a week working week to come to this, you know, and, and we have changed. We are, we as, um, as, as people have changed in the way that we work and we expect to work as well. And I, I just want to point, touch on the point there that you mentioned around sort of on demand that afterwards work, watching it back afterwards. I think more of us during the pandemic have, have learned that we can watch things back on demand. We can just pop something mm-hmm. on and have it on in the background. And we will, we will look at content that way differently. Um, we were forced to do it, I think in a certain way, but it's, it's staying with us. It's now inbred with us. So that's a lovely, I do like on demand. And I think there's a big area there that we can look at for the future in all kinds of events. Um, we touched on the pandemic. Um, so, and uh, yes, and I'm saying the pandemic now as if hopefully fingers crossed that this is 2022 <laughs> is um, a year where we, we will hear less about it towards the end of the year. Um, can you see business to business events evolving in any other way over the next 12 months? For sure. So like I said, I think, I think business to business events, to be honest, will probably be one of the slower event recoveries. Yeah. I think that businesses are, some businesses are very risk averse. You know, I've worked in insurance. I, I can almost guarantee that they're not going to be the first one sending people back to conferences. And I think that someone's going to have to kind of do it first. Um, I think there's a lot of waiting and watching what are, you know, what are the large tech companies doing? What are the large banks doing in Canada? You know, kind of looking to them to see, okay, we can tread back into the water. So I think that's part of it. I think Another trend um, that's going to come out of the pandemic and just kind of tied into watching on demand is I know that we've had a lot of success with using the content that we created on demand and breaking it up into smaller, more bite-sized pieces. So maybe you're not going to sit and watch the full hour, but there's still great content in there. And if we make that bite-sized, you know, I say bite-sized, but like, you know, a seven minute YouTube video versus an hour conversation, 
that's still really valuable if the customer is watching that and connecting with it. I don't think we need to worry so much about, well, they didn't watch the whole thing. Okay, well, maybe the this is what they came for, right? And so yeah. I think that that's going to be a um, something that comes out of the pandemic. And I, like I said, I think there's going to be some slow, you know, treading in and you're going to kind of watch one company head right in. And if it works for them, I think that's going to be a big, um, big thing. I know that there's a lot of large conferences in Toronto that typically happen in the Jan- January, February, March timeframe that have been pushed out to early summer. So not yeah. pushed out a year, but pushed out about three months. And so I think people are watching those events to see, okay, is it kind of safe, quote unquote, to, to get back to it. And I think also, I know for organizations I work for, it's also very regional, right? Um, You know, I'm in Toronto, we are just about to come out of another lockdown. We were, you know, restaurants were closed for most of January, for all of January, uh, for indoor dining, you know, meeting and event spaces were, were basically closed. And now, they're actually moving up the timelines a little bit of uh, letting people get back to that. But right now restaurants, I think until tomorrow at, are at 50% capacity. Okay. So, but then you look at other places, you know, like Las Vegas or, you know, some other larger conference um, centers in the States, there's, there's no restrictions there. Right. Yeah. So I think it's also going to be slower by region. And that's going to be something that you might have to consider when you're planning a business to business event. Okay. So maybe, people in Toronto aren't willing to get back out, but if you're in LA, maybe they are. And so I think it's going to be about tailoring it to what your attendees are, are comfortable doing. It's not going to be a one size fits all as we get back to it. Yeah, that's really great advice, actually. You're so right. And we have to stay on top of this information because it does change constantly, doesn't it? Um, yeah. And we have to stay on top of that with our, within our planning and think about those contingencies as well in case you know, states do go back into lockdown. Um, yeah, luckily in the UK, I say luckily, touch word, we are kind of coming out of it. But we say I'm saying that very slowly and carefully and cautiously, yeah. because who knows? Yeah, <laughs> I out. mean, I, that's what I felt in, you know, November. And so in December, yeah. when, you know, the premier of the province shut things down again, it felt it felt jarring. Like it felt yeah. a little like the rug had been pulled out from under us. It felt very much like being back in March 2020. And, and now a challenge that they're having is, things are reopened, but the government has been saying, oh, you must stay inside, must stay inside. So people aren't rushing back out. And so how do you convince them that it's safe again? And, you know, like I said, everyone's going to have their different levels of comfort. Some people may never go back to an in-person conference. Um, And that's, you just have to kind of accommodate for that. But there's also people who are like, at the banging at the door let yeah, me in like let's, <laughs> let's get started right so it's gonna be it's it's gonna be I think a bit of a like a wonky year I think it's yeah. gonna be a year of oh this worked this didn't work he's gonna be trying new things um and I think that's you know not to say the silver lining of the the experience that we've had but it does allow us to kind of rethink things like I think another trend that we need to be aware of is the four day work week. Like how is that going to impact us as we get into business events or any type of events that typically happen Monday to Friday. Now, usually Friday, you probably try to, to avoid anyways, but knowing that the, your attendees might only be working Monday to Thursday or might be on a more flexible working arrangement. So I think that the conferences are probably also going to have to get shorter. And I think we're going to have to fit more in in a shorter amount of time particularly if this four-day work week trend picks up which seems to be 
again, another, another one where people are starting to tiptoe and looking to see what others are doing. Is it working? Is it not working? What are the lessons learned? So definitely something to consider for, for all events going forward. Hey, well, if that's starting to happen in Canada, you can send that over to the UK any day, <laughs> please. <laughs> There's been a few, a few medium-sized technology companies. I just saw one in the newspaper yesterday. I think they have about 500 employees and they're they're piloting it. So right, right. now it seems to be in a pilot um, for a lot of places. And I know some some friends of mine that own smaller organizations that are saying we're we're trying it, we're testing it, we're gonna see how it works, um, see how it impacts our business yeah. for better or worse, and and kind of go from there. But it's definitely a trend to to consider as we move forward uh, in is. a way that we the way that we work has changed forever. It really has. Yeah, you're so right. And that four day working week and the fact that people are just a bit, a bit more flexible with their hours when they are working mm -hmm. as well. So yeah, I think, um, yeah, all valid points. Now, I know that you're really super keen on personal development and everything as well and um, making sure that we are developing ourselves and each other too. So can you, talking about business to business events and marketing in particular, are there any tools and resources that you use to help upskill yourself that we might want to tell the listeners about? Sure. I think um, a lot of times I found find really great content with um, meeting professionals, international MPI, um, PCMA. Um, they have some great content out there. It's not always tied exactly to marketing, but just really great ways to think about event purpose. And yeah. those events as well are great for networking within the industry. I think that it, particularly if you're newer to the industry, you might not realize how big of an arm, you know, the business to business marketing events are, yeah. um, you know, I, I built a whole career on it, <laughs> not, not even really expecting to, right. It's just kind of something that's been growing and developing. So I think, you know, looking at the associations in your area are, is a great way to meet other people who are doing similar things. And they often have great content and sessions where you can hear from other um, speakers. And also there's podcasts, isn't there, which we are very keen on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Tell um, everyone about your podcast. <laughs> sure. Thank you so much. Yeah. So I'm definitely not as experienced as your podcast, oh. <laughs> but uh, uh, we're getting out there. Um, so the uh, podcast is called Beyond the BEO. And uh, every uh, two weeks we interview a event professional. So, so far we've had someone who's focused on sustainable events, someone who's really knowledgeable in risk management. Um, we also have a person who started a company on charitable events for employees. Nice. And, um, you know, next up is about speaker bureaus. I think there's a lot to learn about uh, speaker bureaus and got some other great episodes coming down the pipeline. So, Really excited about that. And that also for those who are um, certified meeting professionals, they can use uh, the podcast and the quiz in the podcast to earn uh, clock hours for their education. Nice. So it's a, a relatively easier way um, <laughs> to, uh, you know, get the content, get through the quiz and uh, submit it to the EIC. So it's a uh, I'm hoping it's a great resource for event professionals. Absolutely. Yeah. Getting you, getting you, and the good thing about podcasts is you can listen to them anywhere. So I like to put my headphones in, find a really great episode to listen to, head out for a walk, and then you're getting the exercise and the fresh air at the same time. So yeah, yeah. I, I listen to podcasts everywhere. My, my husband's always teasing me because I got headphones in. I'm, you know, cooking, cleaning. Yeah. It's like, it's always, there's always one playing in the background. <laughs> They're so good, aren't they, for educational purposes and for mm -hmm. light relief too. Shalando, this has been fantastic. 
fantastic. Now you mentioned your podcast there. Is there anyone where anywhere else are you on socials that we can call out if people want to get in touch with you and say hi, find out more about what you do? Where should we direct people? For sure. So um Beyond the BEO is on Instagram and I'm also fairly active on LinkedIn. So Shenandoah Nicholson, there's only one of me. So I'm pretty easy to find. But so happy to connect with anyone um, within the industry. Fabulous. And I will be watching out um, and hopefully coming on your podcast in the future, I hope. Fingers crossed. For <laughs> sure. You. Of course. We'd love to have you. Uh, thanks so much. Well, didn't I tell you that you would enjoy that? Shenandoah, you're an absolute pleasure to have on the podcast. And thank you so much for kicking off episode one of season five guys at home I really really hope you enjoyed that and if you do want to reach out to Shenandoah then please do because I know she would love to hear from you and I'm going to remind you and if you do want to get in touch with me I have my own website storymakerevents.com and you'll find all of my contact details there if you want to reach out on socials I am on most of the socials and I am Kelly Frew and of course our wonderful events for breakfast podcast community has its own socials too so come join us we are on LinkedIn we are on Twitter and of course we are on Instagram and final big plea from me if you are able and you have got Apple then please do leave us an Apple review on the podcast page that would be wonderful guys I cannot wait to bring you the rest of this season it is going to be amazing so say hello send your feedback through and I will be back next week with more take care all